Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. This movie tests, I don't want to say the patience, but like, you know, sometimes you're watching a movie and you say, Pile or whatever, or Pope or whatever. Like, usually you got it like right. It's very rare for that feeling, that initial feeling, to erode. Uh-huh. It happened in movie 54, right? 43. 43, whatever. <laughs> you're, thinking of, you're thinking of Studio 54, the Mike Myers movie. Or did you mean movie 54, Grown Ups 2? <laughs> yeah, you just, you started off, you're like, file, and then it just yeah. eroded away. After a while, you're just like, no, no, I can't. This movie definitely falls in that category, although I won't let you guys know quite yet whether it was it started as a phobe or a file i flip-flopped a lot throughout this movie i'm like you know what? no it is a file or like fuck man phobe this movie if i've gone back and forth several times in this movie it's a long movie it is very very long. you know it was originally longer how <laughs> and i'll just get through some trivia right now they were filming up until the release week no yes and this movie went up against a juggernaut. Yeah, but yeah, this man, this movie drags. It's one of the longest movies we've done. It's tied with Showgirls. 131 minutes. Wow. Full disclosure for the listeners, I didn't finish the movie, so while we're talking, I've got it running. And I'm at the scene of the premiere. Is it, yo, they're really knocking it out the park with these cameos. And the cameos are great. I mean, it's amazing. The cameos are fantastic. He just bumped through Damon Wayans and Chevy Chase. Spoiler alert. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited now. Like, I want to see how this ends. Your picks have been horrible, man. That's the point. That's the point of the show. Is Isn't it? it? Isn't it? it? It's Is possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? 
What story? What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. <laughs> They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all okay. along. <laughs> The podcast, we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al-Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. If you have a submission, reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or critics score. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 1993 action-adventure comedy, Last Action Hero. We got fantasy action comedy this time. Fantasy action comedy? Motherfucker! Wait, hold on. Why did you say the title like you were the movie phone guy? Did I? You selected Last Action Hero. I'm trying to add some pizzazz, man. I feel I feel like this episode's down already because this movie kind of sucks it out of you at, at points. Several points. It took me a long time to do notes for this movie. Because there's a lot going on, but not a lot going on at the same time. You didn't do this in one sitting, did you? No, no, no. I did the first hour and 10 minutes this morning before we did radio. And then I did a half hour, and then I did some stuff for The Athletic, and then I went back and finished the movie. Did it all in one sitting with my mother after Thanksgiving dinner. Family affair. There you go. How about that? Last Action Hero stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold was coming off of Terminator 2 Judgment Day in 1991, and he was about to go on a run. After this movie. And he was on a run. About to go on a run? He's the running man. (laughs) Hold on. He came out of Terminator 2. I believe the the run had... (laughs) 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 I mean, he became Jay Leno all of a sudden. (laughs) Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? (laughs) (laughs) All right. He was still on a run in 1993 with this movie, True Lies, Junior, Eraser... Jingle All the Way, Batman and Robin, and End of Days. Wait, Twins wasn't? Twins was like 87 or something like that. For real? Yeah, Twins was between the Terminators for sure. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. think Twins was that old. Man, Twins is like, yeah, I want to say like 86 or 87. I don't know if it qualifies. File. Actually, ooh, that might not hold up. <laughs> I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Twins absolutely doesn't qualify. Are you sure? It's one of the most beloved movies of all time. That, I mean, come on. I'm guessing at least 75% Rotten Tomatoes, if not higher. Twins? It qualifies. Twins? Yo, 43% critics, 39% audience. Twins? Twins. On, no. And twins. Wow. 
Wow, I was going to make that joke 25 seconds ago. <laughs> Future callback. Future callback indeed. Man, I can't believe that qualifies. I got to update this list. I'm legitimately shocked. File. This is more shocking than Horrible Bosses 2. Because yeah. Horrible Bosses 2, I knew it was like, not everyone's cup of tea, right? But Twins was actually like, I thought that was a, yo, man, I remember, I watched I did too. Twins like a hundred times. Yo, I've, I've seen that so much as a kid, but I haven't watched it in probably 20 years. And you think it doesn't hold up? I, do, I mean, I don't know. It's the 80s. No, Twins is timeless. I loved Howard the Duck as a kid. No, Howard the Duck was bad. Everyone knew. No. Howard the Duck was bad. Apparently, everyone didn't know that Twins was great because 39% from the audience score on over 200,000 ratings. I, I'm shocked that it's the, it's the audience that let us down. The audience didn't like Twins? I mean, the critics barely liked it, 43%. Nah, the critics are assholes, but the audience? You guys like everything. Do you like cats? You know what? We could go, <laughs> we could go on an Arnold run for all that care. It's about time. Eraser, you know, that's a future no. cinephobe for sure. Yeah, Eraser is one where... <laughs> Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin was made for Cinepoke. We also get F. Murray Abraham from Scarface. And? <laughs> and Homeland. He's in Homeland? Yeah. What? He's Saul's, like, best friend in the oh. department. Just him and Mandy Patinkin, just kind of similar-looking dudes, like, having conversations. Oh, I love Mandy Patinkin. Oh, my God. What a great actor. I'm always made uncomfortable by his name being Mandy. What's his real name? Is it Mandrew? <laughs> You think you think Mandy is short for Mandrew? <laughs> Mandel <laughs> Mandrew Is he that or Amanda? It's Mandel. Mandel. Yeah. Mandel Bruce. I promise you it's not for Mandrew. How can you promise me that? Because that's not a name. This is like when I want Hal to be short for Halbert. Okay, it's not a name. Is it a short for Halliburton? No, not Halliburton. Halbert, like Albert with H. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's just a different name for Albert. Wait, Hal is a shortening for Albert? Yes. No. Wait, is it? No, it's not. No, there's no. No, way. it's not. Isn't it? It's like the British thing. It's like there was a billion Alberts. Isn't it short for Hal and Oates? Hal Pass. Halliberry. We also get Charles Dance from Game of Thrones. Uh, motherfucking man, Tywin. No, 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 man. He's always going to be, as he is in my notes, the bad guy from The Golden Child. Oh, great call. My dear brother Numsi. Golden Child, future cinephobe. No, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't qualify. Does it? 100% does. It's 26. That doesn't qualify. That was a blockbuster. What are you talking about? That doesn't mean anything. I mean, it was hilarious. It was a blockbuster. Do you not understand how this shit works? What are you talking about? 26% from the critics. You gotta be kidding we me. We got a very simple way of determining what could be eligible to be on this show. Yeah, if it was a good movie. Yeah, typically if it's we like it, then it qualifies. It's the point of the show. Is it? To find the good movies that are underrated. Isn't it? Isn't it? Welcome to What? Welcome to Cinephobe. We get Robert Prosky, Prosky from Mrs. Doubtfire. Who does he play? He's a projectionist. Yeah. Nick. Oh, that that pedophile. Yeah. Okay. Art <laughs> Carney from Firestarter. Sir Ian McKellen from Cats. Oh man. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Yes. 
And Austin O'Brien from Lawnmower Man. Yeah, repeat offender. We got one more repeat offender. I hate this fucking kid. What, the bridge from uh, Horrible Bosses 2? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Also, Angie Everhart from Jade. Oh, that's right. She, is, she makes an appearance. In her film debut. Last action hero directed by John McTiernan. He directed Predator, mm. Die Hard, mm-hmm. Hunt for Red October, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and Rollerball, future cinephobe. Story was written by Zach Penn and Adam Leff. Penn wrote PCU, Inspector Gadget, Behind Enemy Lines, Elektra, Fantastic Four, The Incredible Hulk, and The Avengers. Leff wrote PCU and Biodome. Yeah. No. Biodome, future cinephobe. Does that qualify? Yeah, of course. Get out of here. Screenplay was written by Shane Black and David Arnott. Black wrote Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, Last Boy Scout, Lethal Weapon 3, Long Kiss Goodnight, Lethal Weapon 4, Iron Man 3, and The Nice Guys. We've got uncredited rewrites by Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. Larry Ferguson, and William Wait, Goldman. Yeah. Carrie Fisher? Yep. She was a script polisher in the 90s, I mean. Bill Goldman got a million dollars to polish the script, by the way. It's a good polish. Synopsis for Last Action Hero. With the help of a magic ticket... A young movie fan is transported into the fictional world of his favorite action movie character. Yeah, sure. Tagline, this isn't the movies anymore. Wait, but it is, though. I mean, yeah. It is for us. What is for him, too? Isn't it? It's a movie and a movie and a movie. We have four other taglines. This is from the DVD cover. He's mean, and he'll blast through your screen. Is he mean? Not really. It's kind of nice, actually, right? Pun work. Did someone say action? Oh. The big ticket of 93. No. Shout out to Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah, is that where KG got his nickname? <laughs> a great classic comes to the screen. Okay. $85 million estimated budget, grossed $50 million in the U.S., 137 worldwide. It had to. Right? It had to. There's no way Arnold in 93 wasn't doing numbers. By the way, Twins did numbers internationally. I mean, neither of us are saying Twins is a bad movie. I've already filed it. I'm telling you, though, <laughs> the audience didn't like it. Okay? So quit arguing with me. I you're, I feel like these are like, oh, I'll show you. I like it. I'm in. But it qualifies. There's nothing I can do about that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, while we filibuster, I might actually have this movie finished. <laughs> <laughs> we're not filibustering. We're recording the fucking episode. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> Before listening to the rest of this podcast, we're 15 minutes into this podcast, me. What are you talking about? Filibustering? Do you think the intro is just filibustering? I mean, kind of. Before listening to the rest of this podcast, Last Action Hero is available on Stars. Maze? I'm in, baby! Yeah! Yeah! $8.99 a month. Watch us not pick a single Stars movie for the rest of the year. That's what I was actually going to text Amin that. (laughs) We should never pick another. That is exactly my plan. (laughs) All right. Last Action Hero receives 38% from critics on 48 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 47% from the audience on over 196,000 ratings. Amin, would you like the positive or the negative reviews? I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Zach. And as death approaches Arnold, I'm going to say... Give me the positives. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Nick Rogers of Film Yap. Driven less by mammoth ego and more by wild, unchecked id. 
Last Action Hero works as a riotous comedy and a rigorous case study of why we go to the movies. It's an inventive Valentine made timeless by audacious shamelessness and shameless audacity. Yep, is that young ass pussy? That's uncomfortable. Heather Burner of Common Sense Media, Arnold Spoof's oh, action movies. This isn't on. her real reviewing yeah. account. How about that? That's genius. <laughs> it's Burner. Burner. B O E R N E R. So what you're trying to tell us is that she's got a burner identity. Arnold Spoof's action movies adds more violence. I mean, yes. Did it? I thought it was, I don't know. I didn't think it was like outrageous amount of action. Should have been more action and less like everything else. Peter Canavesi of Groucho Reviews. Considered a dunderheaded big budget flop in its day, Last Action Hero looks considerably better now in its creative self-parody i wondered about that while i was watching is this one of those things where we have the benefit of hindsight like it's actually a lot better for us than it was for people at the time we're being told you guys like stupid ass movies yeah i agree with that i mean i also think that it's this is an interesting experiment because everything that they do bad could be on purpose right no but that's my point yeah we're looking at it with this Extra level. Yeah, allegedly there are continuity issues that they purposefully put in the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And so, you know, we're put in this weird position of like, what's bad on purpose and what's bad on accident? (laughs) (laughs) And does it make it better or worse? I have a feeling I know. But also the idea that for us, because movies have evolved and the standard of suspension display for audiences has risen considerably, right? So for us, we watch... Tango and Cash, for instance, and we laugh at it. We think it's a it's a funny movie, but they didn't set out to make a funny movie. They set out to make like an action movie. Same thing when you watch like Rambo or any of these action movies of the 80s, right? That's what movies look like of that genre. To us, they look kind of ridiculous, right? And we laugh at it as much as we enjoy it. Yeah, we're already watching those movies with the same lens that this movie was made on. Was made, yeah. But like this movie came out at a time when audiences weren't as sophisticated. So basically, this movie was telling audiences, you know all those movies you guys like and flock to? They're fucking dumb. Uh-huh. You're, you suspend your disbelief so easily like whores. You just open your legs and say, ooh, take my disbelief, right? And you're all stupid idiots like this fucking kid in this movie. Oh, my God, I hate this kid so much. You know I hate this kid. Even, like, the scene where the kid is sitting there and he's like, oh, that's going to be a bad idea. In the middle, in the beginning of the movie when he's watching the Jack Slater movie. Yeah. He's eating popcorn. He's like, they're basically telling the audience, this is what you guys look like. Right. And the audiences probably did not like that. Like, you fuck you. Don't tell me what to like and what not to like. Brian Orndorff of BrianOrndorff.com. Our guy. This cocksucker. <laughs> and I, I got to quote my new favorite show, The Undoing. I don't mean cocksucker in the derogatory towards gay people fashion. I mean cocksucker in the old fashioned sense. <laughs> It makes more than its share of missteps, yet the core of this action lampoon delivers a decent portion of laughs and mischief, giving Schwarzenegger and McTiernan an occasion to make fun of themselves while raising a little hell. Okay. Pete Vonderhaar of Film Threat. I wonder how he got this job. Try as I might, I can't bring myself to hate this movie. Caffeinated Clint of Movie Hole. Oh my God. Arnie's ego has got too big for him. As evidenced here. Clint, what are you talking about, man? I don't know. 
How's that a positive? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But it was in the positive reviews. Tim Hibbert of Empire Magazine. This is an attempt. To, How's Roy doing? This is an attempt to be both a high octane action fest and a satire on such films. The results of which is the weirdest concoction: the metaphysical blockbuster. I mean, I think it did exactly that. And then Joe Blow of Joe Blow's Movie Network. Fun stuff. Time for the negative reviews. At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so <laughs> many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, man, it is so weird to me. David Anson of Newsweek, last action hero loses control of itself. It does. It does. I mean, yeah. like, hey, man, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that yeah, one. You yeah, you can't argue with that. Yeah. Quentin Curtis of Independent on Sunday. It turned out to be a beef, chicken, anchovy, and jam sandwich. The ingredients cancel each other out and become indigestible. By offering us everything, they've given us next to nothing. King of Diamonds Monday? That's so unappetizing. Adam Mars Jones of Independent UK. No, here we go. Wait, hold on. Grab your tea, everybody. Someone from the UK is going to tell us about movies that are good. The director has to boost the realism of his staging in a rather self-defeating manner. It begins to look... Not that he's having it both ways, trading on what he mocks, but that he has painted himself into a corner. I do declare. Shut the fuck up. John McTiernan was definitely not using a paintbrush to make this no. movie. No. He was using some kind of spray cannon. With cocaine in it. Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed. Really would work if it ever really let audiences in what it was trying to accomplish. See, this is what I'm talking about. I think it did do that. Yeah, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Whoosh. Peter Croato of FilmCritic.com. We got to keep him away from uh, John Serbo. Because they don't like each other. The Croatos and the Serbios. Is it Scott Serbo? What's the name of What's the, the actor's name? His last name is Serbo. Are you thinking of Kevin, Kevin Sorbo? Sorbo? Kevin Sorbo. Got to keep him away from Kevin Sorbo. Turns out to be a MAGA dude, by the way, Kevin Sorbo. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Shocker. So this will sum up Amin's contribution just now and the movie. Awful. <laughs> Emmanuel Levy of EmmanuelLevy.com. Levy alone. Joyless, tasteless, and soulless. Last action hero can't decide if it's an actioner, a comedy, or a spoof. See, I think it's all three. He didn't and like he didn't get it. And then two more. Michael Dakina of the Movie Report. Michael Dakina talking like Dakina. Kina. I want to do that last time and I forgot. Go ahead. Oh, that paid off. Austin O'Brien, the child actor equivalent of fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> I thought fingernails were going somewhere else. There. Hello. Yeah. Am I right, Maze? Out of boy, Bobby. <laughs> Hal, and the last one, Hal Hinson of the Washington Post. Halbert? <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Feels like a farewell of sorts to Arnold. Wrong. Yeah, you dead wrong, buddy. Freezing <laughs> cold takes on line yeah. one. <laughs> That's about as good as Jade taking shots at uh, <laughs> Jerry Brown, the governor of California. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you meant Jade the movie. Yes, Jade the movie, sorry. I had problems following around there. Jade Hoy, to my knowledge, has no beef with Jerry Brown. <laughs> Amin, your first note, sir. I love that black dude. He always plays an angry lieutenant. This is before I realized that this movie was starting as a movie. He's great. He was in uh, Loaded Weapon, I think, as the same role. Oh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon, yeah, yeah. 
We've got a situation in progress outside of a building. There are cops, SWAT teams, helicopters surrounding it. The loud black captain says, what a terrible way to spend Christmas. And then Biff Tanner's there securing the sidewalks. You notice that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, I did. Then someone opens fire from the rooftop on the cop cars. Biff Tannen, by the way. What I say? Tanner. He dumps a body off the roof, and the captain says to let the children go. Cue Arnold. Badass. Walking into the scene by walking on cop cars. Badass. In alligator boots. Yeah, we just see the legs before he steps down to reveal he's smoking a cigar. And the captain yells, Slater! Slater! Don't even think it, Slater! They need to wait for a real hostage negotiator. Decker is yelling his ass off. He is yelling his ass off several times in this movie. Last time you pulled this jive jitterbug shit, people lost body parts. You go in there and it's your badge. Tosses in the badge. Tina Turner tries to talk him out of it with Lieutenant yeah. Governor. He punches <laughs> Lieutenant Governor and says, when the governor gets here, call me. Yeah. Future callback, he's Future already call- there. Kicks a cop in the balls and lifts them off the ground. Is it? <laughs> I hate you. Maze, we've been doing that for like a week and a half on the radio of the is it, isn't it? Welcome to Cinema. And there's there's like maybe one dude who listens who gets it. You're subliminally marketing. We are. And we push that motherfucker every show. He enters the building. We hear kids screaming. He's on the roof. There's a guy with, like, medieval armor. He is the Ripper. Repeat. He is the Ripper. He's fuck ugly. Uh, he's got an axe. Yeah, it's a suit of chainmail, yellow raincoat, fancy assemblable axe, and a prosthetic mask thing to make his face look all fucked up. Now, is he the dude from Just Shoot Me, the photographer? No. No. No, 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 no. Because no. we see him later in the movie. Oh, you might have missed that at the premiere. As we were filibustering. This guy has Arnold's kid. Uh, Jack Slater puts put this guy in prison. There was something about, I don't know, legal search, inadmissible bloody acts. What's the kid's name? I don't know. Andrew. Andrew. Mandrew? Mandy? Welcome to the No. Oh, sorry. Jack puts his gun down, then a knife, then another gun, then another gun, then three more guns. I left. And I wrote, you can see Arnold remembering his lines as he says them. <laughs> there are so many cop cars in the street arnold pulls out a grenade pulls the pin and tosses it to the feet of the guy bad guy makes the kid pick up the grenade and it turns out the grade's not a grenade but it has a knife inside it kid ejects the knife <laughs> stabs the axe guy axe guy throws the axe at arnold he dives to the ground and narrowly avoids it iconic shot from the trailer we pull back this asshole kid from lawnmower man is watching this in a theater the movie goes out of focus and the kid yells focus homeless man says hey people are trying to sleep yeah, there's an old man passed out in the theater. There's an old man passed out at the concession stand. Yeah. yeah. There's an old man passed out in the projection room. This theater's a real shithole. Every movie kid from the 90s dressed like this with too many clothes on. What? A t-shirt, a hoodie, a letterman jacket. Too many clothes on. And a backpack with them at all times. And had that same haircut. Yes. Oh, yeah. I... I I wanted to put that, then I thought, you know, then I might be... Racist? Jumping into a Two Americas thing, yeah. No, 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 because they all had that home improvement haircut. That's what I Yes, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas, yes. right? Yes. Yes, that's Absolutely. what I wrote, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Now you have a filter. This theater is a dump. I imagine this is what it's like during the coronavirus at all the movie theaters. <laughs> he wakes up the guy who fixes the movie by the credits. Also, in these movies, all of them, inevitably, friendships between children and random old men. Where are the parents? Well, this is a latchkey kid. Yeah, he's a latchkey kid. I mean, is he? Yeah. Oh my God, are you kidding me? What's a latchkey kid? By the way, I thought they were homeless. (laughs) 
I really no. thought that's what Latchkey no. Kid meant. No. Know, like a nice way to say homeless. No, that's the opposite. They have a home. Oh, okay. Latchkey kids have single moms, and they have to carry keys around with them so they can get in the house after school while their mom's at work. By themselves. So, like, they're kids, basically. No, 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 no. With single moms who work. There can't be... 24-hour supervision available. Like, you can't guarantee that mom's going to be home when this kid comes home. Right. But, like, that's a lot of kids. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're latchkey kids. I'm not saying this is a rare term. Like, this is what the term has been for, I don't know, 30 years. Why it's a popular term. But also, why are these kids all befriending old men? That's who's around. What's that, Mace? What'd you say? Because that's who's around in these movies. I thought you said sex is around. I was like, what? Yes. Yes. That's what I said. Yeah. Play it back, Maze. <laughs> That's who's around. <laughs> All right, the new Jack Slater opens this weekend. Jack Slater 4, and the operator's checking the print at midnight just himself. He invites the kid to come watch it with him. At midnight. At midnight. There's a cardboard cutout of Bridget Wilson before she became Pete Sampras's wife as what I thought was the new love interest, but is Jack Slater's daughter. His teacher is saying Shakespeare is the first of the action heroes. Hamlet is the first of the action heroes, not Shakespeare. Okay, whatever. The teacher (laughs) references Laurence Olivier. The actress is Joan Plowright, who is Olivier's third wife and widow. See, it's meta already. I guess he, uh, you could say Laurence plowed right there. Yes, he took her name. But third wife, so is he leaving them... Earlier? Eh? <laughs> Why is this teacher, you know, as she's trying to, like, pump them up on Shakespeare, on Hamlet, it's like, it has, you know, intrigue, murder, da da and she throws in sex there, and I look around the classroom, these children are, like, eight or nine years old. Yeah. Why is she using sex as a selling point for a story with these little kids? Public schools, am I right? Danny's late to school because he was at the movies. He gets to school, and they immediately put on a movie. Lucky. Or maybe really good planning. As they're watching uh, Hamlet, the kid imagines Hamlet as an Arnold action movie. He says, stop talking about it. Do it. And I wrote, this kid hates exposition. Get him on the pod. Hey, Claudius. You killed my father. Big mistake. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. And Hamlet is taking out the trash. Stay thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? No one's going to tell this sweet prince good night. To be or not to be. Not to be. I actually like that. I thought that was pretty funny. I liked it too. I thought it was really funny. And I also wrote, this is like if Stu Gatz ran Hollywood. (laughs) Because in every movie (laughs) would be like done like that, right? Yeah, Hamlet smoking a cigar, throwing Claudius through a stained glass window. This kid is obsessed with this stuff. And he's like, and he does say, you know, just do this, right? Quit talking about it. Just do this. And I wrote, is this kid? Is this kid us? Yes. At that, at that moment, I actually felt a kinship. I was like, wow, okay. And then as the movie <laughs> wore on. Oh, the roller coaster that is this movie. Oh, my God. So his mom is the mom from Big. Yep. 
she knows he skipped school to go to the movies, but she covered for him saying he's sick. We get exposition that she's a widow at 40. Yeah, mom exposition. She leaves for her night job and he decides to leave to go watch the movie but he's afraid to leave because he's kind of a pussy and then i wrote oh wait never mind some dude just legitimately broken with a knife yeah he's not a pussy as soon as he goes outside he gets tackled by a tweaker yeah uh tries to get him handcuffed handcuff himself to the toilet first of all a couple things one the mom saying to her son i didn't choose to be a widow before i'm 40 dark yeah but also gets the point across you know now we know it does yeah shut his ass up two i asked because he's tying her tie for her is she a junkie later on i realized she's not but at that point i'm like is she one of those like like, a waitress or something right but like she looks so kind of out of it and he's tying her tie for her i was like she's a single mom i mean she's tired jesus no but she looked like she was strung all single moms are junkies well this one looked like she was strung out anyways (laughs) She she realizes that he cut school. She lies to the principal on the phone about it. She asks him about it. Oh, he can muster the sorry. And she gives him a hug. That's why his little badass is hanging out with old men at theaters at midnight. Also, this movie, lots of Reebok product placement. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if you guys yeah. noticed. Yes, absolutely. And then my final note before the tweaker comes in is they live in the hood. And I started thinking about how much better this movie would have been if the kid were black. Well, then he would have died. That's true. Because it is. It is based on action movies. That's right. The tweaker comes in instantly, which I don't know. Like, was he just waiting? He was just waiting, man. All right. Just ready. And then he pushes the kid up against the door. Easy maze. And the kid's (laughs) hands are in in the four shot. And they're so fucking dirty. Oh, this kid is disgusting. Oh, yeah. He's got cuts and shit all over his arm. Yeah. Is it cuts or is it cigarette burns, which led me back to, is his oh. mom a junkie? Wow. Oh. No. I no. was not picking up any type of vibe off of the mom, dude. All right. I was, but okay. We literally see what the tweakers are like. <laughs> like she's not like that. Right. Yeah. We get a pretty pretty easy look into that. The tweaker tries to get him to handcuff himself to the toilet. Kid moves away and says... And he says, ooh, tough guy. He puts the knife on the sink, turns around, tells the kid to do it. Cut to the kid, chained to the toilet. Bad guy's pissed. They don't have anything of value. And he tosses the key into the toilet, says, go fishing. They don't show it, but the kid obviously goes fishing because he unlocked himself. And I wrote, well, at least his hands are clean now. Probably infected from all those open wounds he has on his knuckles. Or sores. Does this kid, is this kid HIV positive? Um, all right. Uh, no, that's too much. That's too far. His mom tells the detective for the kid uh, to go straight home. And I wrote, um, isn't this where the crime and home invasion just happened? You can't have a home invasion without the home. Why would he go home? That's a good point. (laughs) Kid leaves, heads to the movie theater anyway. Old man is dressed like an usher. He wanted to be a magician, but his hands are too tiny. He thinks being a projectionist is still being in showbiz. I think that's a stretch. (laughs) I just wrote, this kid's the worst actor. He sucks. I hate this fucking kid. I also wrote, America used to shit on everyone by making them play dress up for work. Yeah. Think about like nowadays, like, I mean, forget about people having to, not having to wear suits and ties to go to work anymore. I'm talking about like, hey, you want to work in a movie theater? Sure. Put on this fucking stupid ass hat and like these, this button vest or whatever. Hey, do you want to be a, uh, do you want to work at this fast food restaurant? Sure. Here, put on this stupid ass paper hat that looks like a fucking cone. You look like a fucking nerd and shit. Like, they used to make people dress humiliatingly just to do the most menial of jobs, like ripping a ticket or serving you popcorn. Shame on you, America. 
Okay. Wow, look at that little rant. The old man says he needs a ticket. Harry Houdini once played this arena or this theater. Yeah. Old man's rambling. He hands a kid a magic ticket from India or Japan or some shit. Says it's a passport. Passport to another world. I wrote this magic ticket works by putting it deep inside your ass. What? Yes, because this is how this, this is what ticket I has a mind of its own. It does what it wants to do. <laughs> exactly. And this is my thing. I said, if you're not old enough to stop believing in magic, you are, in essence, rape bait. That kid is a little too old to be hanging out with an old man and be listening to the stories about magical tickets. You shit. heard it here first. Amino Hassan retroactively cancels Harry Houdini. Oh, don't get me started on that fraud. Fraud. Oh, my God. Houdini told him the ticket has a mind of its own. It does what it wants to. <laughs> I wrote problematic. Uh, yeah. He tears the ticket, gives it to the kid. Kid sits in the aisle seat. I wrote, that's the right move. I never understand people sitting in the middle of a theater. You sit in the middle because you don't want people getting up. Excuse me. I have to go to the back. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. I have to go. To, oh, excuse me. I'm thirsty. I have to go. Excuse me. My popcorn right now. That's why you sit in the middle. To avoid all the excuse me peoples. I sit in the middle if it's empty. Because it's better. No one can see Jack off for sound and like being in the middle. Uh, I sit in the aisle otherwise because I have long legs. Do they whisper? Does who whisper? If I say there's nobody in the movie theater, who's whispering? <laughs> there's always somebody in there waiting to see if you're jacking off. Trust me. Hey, just go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Oh, say yes. Yes. It kind of sounded like Arnold for a second. Get in the chaba. Is this a good episode? Isn't it? Movie has a panning shot of a mansion on the coast. A man is tied up, and he's Jack Slater's favorite second cousin in the world. Is that second cousin Frank? That's a very ill-timed pause right there, Zach. And he jacks second cousin. Like, wait, what? He needs to know what Slater knows. The mob has a secret pact to control all the drugs in South California. Southern California. I don't know why I wrote South. A uh, man with sunglasses casually shows off his accuracy with a gun. It's Mr. Benedict, and he has a bullseye for an eyeball. And I wrote bull's eyeball. He's got neck and forearm tattoos just for this look alone on Charles Dance. He's got my golden dumpster. Wow. That's not my golden dumpster. Uh, apparently, the mob pack is a fake. Everyone knows that Tony Vivaldi is number one. And I wrote, is this kid jacking it to this movie? I mean. Because he's super into this. We're not quite. He's still. He's scouting at this point. Look at it that way. Oh, he's scouting. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes he likes to bake while he's shooting people. He can take you out easy as cake. Pie, you Sicilian schmuck. It sounds like he's doing the Hans Gruber voice. Which I, I probably was a director director's note, right? Well, spoiler alert for the trivia. Uh, Alan Rickman. Turn this roll down. He's too serious. Oh, oh, I'm too serious to do this one. I mean, he did die hard. I don't think he's too serious for it. No, no, it's not too serious. It's they didn't drop the bag. Too expensive, yeah. Cops are going to bust down the door. Jack Slater steps out of his car with his gators. He has groceries. Says there can't be a drug bust at this home because it's his second cousin, Frank, who lives there. His favorite second cousin. Only drugs you'll find are aspirin. Arnold walks in and Frank is tied up. Tells Jack about the mobs joining forces. I'm out of here. And then he dies. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That was one of the, that was a terrible death. That was some Jack Nicholson level death. But I laughed. By the way, that actor, those were the last words he ever did on screen. He died? Eventually. Wow. That actor, Art Carney and Anthony Quinn, who plays Vivaldi, in the last scene, two Oscar winners. Mm. 
There's a note on him with Slater's name. It's actually just cards. It says five, four, three, two, one, and he dives out of the house as it explodes. I must admit that it wasn't until he got to two that I realized it wasn't a phone number that they were trying to give him. They would call in. Oh no, it's a countdown. And then when he jumps, he's a. It's a bomb. He's okay. Minor wound. Both cops dead. My next note is this kid looks like he's never taken a shower. This kid is getting oh, yeah. blood it's all over his popcorn. So dirty. It's disgusting. Cop that ends up in a palm tree says two days till retirement. That's a lethal weapon reference. And then they have a lethal weapon sound cue. Now we have a truck chasing Slater as they fire guns. They also have dynamite that they're tossing. And here, Zach, I wrote car chase. And this kid is aroused. <laughs> Sexual tension. No question mark. No question exclamation, mark. Exclamation point. Sexual tension. The ticket in the kid's pocket starts glowing as Slater shoots the tossed dynamite. It travels into the movie theater through the screen. Kid goes running as it explodes. I want to be clear. Like, the kid is, his eyebrow is arched, his, and he's kind of like, you know, licking his lip. I mean, he is clearly having himself a young pre-adolescent boner. Oof. Okay. Clearly. You and I watch movies so differently. Yeah, I feel it. Same as these. And yet then, allegedly, I'm the pedophile. Uh, yeah. I mean. He's got you there. The difference is, base. I didn't have a boner because of it. <laughs> all right. He's in the backseat of Slater's so car May's, all of a sudden. May, May's got aroused, too. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I mean, he's implying that he is observing me while I watch these movies now. <laughs> Guns firing, explosions happening. Slater driving with no hands, takes lots of practice. Then he shoots a guy with dynamite into an ice cream truck. He explodes in the ice cream truck, and another guy in the chase truck dies. As it's revealed, he has an ice cream cone stuck in the back of his brain. Ice that guy to cone a phrase. I wrote, is this where Mr. Freeze comes from? The bad puns, the voice, the hard rock. This is happening. This is really happening. That's Danny talking about our podcast. Uh, the kid realizes he's in the movie as Dynamite Falls oh, next or, to him. Or Danny. <laughs> oh, boy. Arnold grabs the dynamite as he two-wheels it by a gas tanker, puts out the fuse with his fingers. At one point, he tells the kid to close your eyes, stay flat, and don't move. And I said, is this what Maze tells his victims? Jesus Christ. Nah, that doesn't sound hot. <laughs> Uh, he changes the music playing. A van with an artillery Wait, gun. What? He changes his music playing on his Sony mini disc. Product placement. Oh, was that a mini disc? I thought it was a tape deck. No, it's a mini disc. Wow. Wow. That really resonates now. <laughs> a van with a giant gun pulls up on a bridge and fires at him. Arnold drives off the bridge into the empty LA River Canal. So is this the bridge? That from- is the bridge. Yeah, Horrible Monsters too. All right. No, it was in another movie too. Remember, it made an appearance. We got to chase through the canal now. He drives back up the canal onto a coke truck. As a kid, makes one of the ugliest faces I've ever seen. Drives back to the street. The kid threw up, and then I wasn't paying attention. And then I just heard Arnold say the words "premature ejaculation" to a child. I wrote it. Sorry, I thought I was gonna die. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're gonna live to enjoy all the glorious fruits of life has to offer. Acne, shaving, premature ejaculation, and your first divorce. It is perfect. Also, Coca-Cola truck, product placement. Baskin-Robbins, product placement. In the background, while he's delivering this speech, we see a minivan launch and explode, clearly against a green screen. We built this mini. We built this mini on Sunday. We built this city. 
Why did it become a, a country singer? <laughs> Loses the truck and then hides in an alley before saying, uh, does this suck weenie or what? Kid says it's a movie set. Now they're going to play chicken with the truck. The truck driver loses a chicken. They drive up a ramp of Acme storage boxes and then crash into some lingerie chute. A man is on fire and he dunks himself in a fountain. Acme boxes like Wile E. Coyote, which Danny watches earlier in the movie. Kid realizes he's in a movie as Slater lights a cigar with dynamite and tosses it into a dumpster. They go to the LAPD and use valet parking. Sharon Stone from Basic, Basic Instinct walks out. Uh, Robert Patrick for, from T2 walks out. The kid notices and he turns out like, oh, that was... Slater gets a call from his ex-wife. He plays a cassette tape uh, for her to pretend that he's having the conversation with her. And then we have odd partner pairings happening in the background. Euler is partnered with Waterman. Get it? Yeah. Oh, there's one that's a lot more... Kraus gets teamed up with... Rabbi, get it? Roush, you're teamed up with the rabbi. And I was just, and, and Roush has himself a very, uh, Charlottesville haircut, shall we say. Tiki Torch haircut. I was just like, too soon? F. Murray Abraham is John Practice. He asks Slater, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice! John Practice, USOB. He's in DC with the Bureau. Uh, Jack tells him about the mob pact. Kid warns him that practice killed Mozart and Amadeus. It won eight Oscars. Jack yells, no more movies. Captain Decker screams at Slater and the glass door shatters. The city council is chewing my eggs off for that plane you crashed. The mayor's scheduling parades up my Lincoln Tunnel for that stunt you pulled on the beach. Everybody wants to know what it is, what it ain't, what it will be. I got the Jam Chamber of Commerce Thomas doing cartwheels in my, my cocoa, cocoa factory. factory. <laughs> Still yelling his ass off. Is Danny DeVito the voice of the cartoon cat? Yes, Whiskers, yeah. Who gets teamed up with Ratcliffe. And Decker says, that cat is one of the best men I've got! The kid breaks the fourth wall, explaining the relationship between Jack and the captain. I just love the way you two fight. The way how you really feel about each other. Well, pray tell. Just how do I feel about this weird-looking sack of puppy poo? They're dearest friends. After your wife left you for the circus mission... And Jack told everyone he drove her to New England to the diphtheria clinic. When he came back, you said, You saved me from public humiliation, Jack. You're my dearest friend. And you promised me you wouldn't tell. I didn't. Well, then how did he know? Jack Slater won. What's winning got to do with this? No, the very first Jack Slater. You told your dad. I didn't tell anyone. I don't even know this kid. Decker's wife left him for a circus midget. That's a quote. Is that officially a word now? Yeah, it's been a word. <laughs> now? I mean, we've had a big two. Have we made a free agent acquisition or are we up to a big three? I think so. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, Maze has been saying it the whole time with great <laughs> bluster and bravado. <laughs> and every time me and Zach are like, all right, Maze, just calm down, slow down. Like, what? <laughs> you know, this, this, is, this is a tall thing. This is, this is where I wrote, this kid is a terrible actor. Oh, it's awful. But this is a great movie concept. Like, at this point, I'm not quite at file yet, but I'm like, this is genius. It's good. Yeah. It's really, it's actually good at this point. You got to eat. You just do. You'll die if you don't eat. I promise you that. There's one thing I know about science. If you don't eat, you will die. And like Roman said in Too Fast, Too Furious, we hungry. So you're going to go to the grocery store every day or every other day to make sure you got all these little ingredients and all this stuff. And, oh, my God, I forgot the 
the you know the kale i forgot the chard i forgot onions i don't have garlic how did i not have garlic i always have garlic no you don't have to do any of that stuff with hello fresh it offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family not only that but it's also going to give you the best variety of recipes they got so many good things like italian noodle soup they've got pork burgers they've got a plant-based protein ragu rigatoni bake they got a hearty black bean and poblano soup for when it's cold outside they got anything you want there's something for everyone low calorie vegetarian meat and veggies two people four people three meals a week five meals a week whatever you want to do the packaging that hellofresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recycled and or already recycled content so you're not hurting the earth you're helping yourself and you're making it easy you can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order you really can customize it and keep a variety of spice literally a variety of spice any way you want it with hellofresh and let me tell you this you want a deal? I got a deal for you. Okay? Go to HelloFresh.com. That's a website. HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. That's HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. And use the code CTD80 to get a total of $80 off five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. off across five boxes and free shipping on your first box by using the code CTD80 when you go to HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. That is a deal. Not $18 off, not one eight, eight zero, eighty bucks off. CTD80 at HelloFresh.com slash CTD80. Get some food and make it good and use HelloFresh. They're interrogating the kid. No evidence of him existing in this world. Kid makes up a story about how he got into the car says not to put too much faith into the mob. Captain makes the kid the new partner for Slater. Kid tries to explain further why it's a movie. Kid says to pull the trigger at his head, says he won't do it because he's a good guy. Then they go to Blockbuster Video for the kid to prove Slater is in Arnold movies. Blockbuster model says uh, foreign films are in the back. After he asks for Arnold Schwarzenegger, the kid says, no, action movies. Sly Stallone is the Terminator in this T2 cutout. Arnold says he's fantastic. T2 is his best performance ever. Every extra in this movie is a bimbo in latex, and then Danny points it out that Angie Everhart is too hot to be working at Blockbuster, and that every woman in the background is a model. And he says, it's California. He says, but it's impossible. You were in that movie. The hot girl says, you're in a movie? He says, yes, it was called The Girl of My Dreams. It starred you. As a matter of fact, we had this very romantic scene together. Smooth. Kid starts trying to explain the 555 number movie idea. Honestly, this is really good writing. Arnold makes an inappropriate undercover comment. Yeah. That I don't know that he knew they were filming. Jack Slater's a real hornball in this scene. Yeah, oh, Jack Slater's a real hornball. And then he he's really not later on. Kid's going to show him the house where his cousin was tortured, tries to explain the ticket to him, and it's not working. He finds the bad guy house, and Arnold's mocking him about revolutionizing police work. The bad guys are in there. <laughs> you know something? I think you should be wearing this. I don't think I've earned it yet. You don't understand. You just solved the entire case. You just revolutionized the entire history of police training. I mean, all these years at the academy, studying human character, psyche of the terrorist, fingerprint analysis, all the courses that I've taken in surveillance, hostage negotiation, in criminal psychology. I mean, all I had to do is just drive around the neighborhood and point my finger at the house and say, the bad guys ain't there. You think you're funny, don't you? I know I am. I'm the famous comedian, Arnold Braunschweiger. 
Schwarzenegger. Gesundheit. They knock on the door and a henchman answers the door. It's a beautiful day and we're killing drug dealers. He says, I'll be back. Ha, I bet you didn't know I was going to say that. Kid says, it's his calling card. Then Mr. Benedict comes to the door. Kid says, that's the henchman with the glass eye. By the way, this kid talks so fucking loud for someone who's trying to give some uh, some secrets of the trade out. Arnold says, take off his sunglasses. He points to a bunch of Rottweilers. Take off the sunglasses. Says who? The Tin Man. <laughs> Why don't you hit the bricks? It's the wrong color. Does arterial red suit you? Snaps his fingers. The dogs are stacked as a pyramid. I snap my fingers again, and sometime tomorrow you emerge from several canine recta, or you and Toto can go back to the land of Oz. Questions? Arnold threatens him and insults him. He takes down the sunglasses, and it's a happy face eyeball. Kid way too loudly explains that the glass eye guy has uh, what he's done, and of course Mr. Benedict hears it. Now the mob boss wants to know what Slater knows. Wants the snitch who told Slater and Slater killed. Mr. Benedict says to change the funeral arrangements, and he's going to find out more about Slater's short friend. They go to the ex-wife's house. His daughter opens the door, kisses a random child on the mouth. and Before they get into the house, Arnold says, who does the doctor treat? Patients? Look at my elbows. What are they doing? Wearing thin? Your patients is wearing thin? Exactly. And that's when I wrote file. That was it? That had me in. Do I have to make that a Golden Dumpster nominee now? That did it. His daughter kisses a random child on the mouth. Are you skeezy? Skeezy. Which has amazing connotations now, which actually you're the skeezy one, lady. Yeah, she calls him cute and I just wrote, he's a child. No, he's a freshman. Apparently the kiss was a sorority thing. <laughs> Whitney is, as you mentioned earlier, Bridget Wilson Sampras. She was Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat and Ginger on Saved by the Bell. She was Sonya Blade. I knew she looked yeah. familiar. Uh, she's getting ready. He shows counterfeit money that burns a different color. Then we see a pic of his dead kid. He's going to go get a cigar. He's having flashbacks at the axe guy. Dude, I think the bridge was in, in Catwoman, by the way. Just, I'm looking. Either it's Catwoman or Takers. It's takers. It would be it's takers. takers. It's not Catwoman. Because they take the, they take the bridge. In the scene right before, Idris Elba fucks the moon. That's like a downtown LA movie. It's definitely Takers. Whitney explains to Danny that he and the kid would have been the same age. Danny talks expertly about the death. Says he's just interested in crime stories. Frat kid is supposed to show up, and it's Mr. Benedict with a bunch of bad guys. Hello, Toto. Has the house searched. Kid says if Benedict harms one hair on her head, and Benedict yells, stop! He grabs a hair on her head and tears it apart and says, you were saying? I like that. That's good. Badass, yeah. Benedict is going through, going through the kid's wallet, wants to know how he knew what Benedict said. She's <laughs> screaming, and it is the most annoying thing. It's awful, screaming. yeah. It's like, awful. if I were a bad guy, I would knock her the fuck out just to make her stop screaming. Jesus. I'm a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy, Zach. I'm a, I'm a good guy. Kid offers up the money from the drawer. Benedict says to burn it. Uh, weird color comes out and Arnold sees it. Benedict says, I've killed people smarter and younger than you. That's rough. <laughs> what? That's a dope, that's a dope line. <laughs> yeah. Benedict's a good bad He's guy. He's so good. Yeah. A bad guy slaps Whitney in her room and she beats the shit out of him. She breaks his neck. And pretends to be in, in distress as she loads the gun. She beats the shit out of him wearing her Reeboks. Yes. While she screams the most annoying scream. But she's that. trying to make it sound like she's getting you know tortured, not that she's winning I, the fight. It's smart. I get it, but the scream is Because otherwise they would have come in. Just scream another way. She, uh, she pulls the gun on Benedict as he has the knife to the kid. Lose the guns or I redecorate in brain matter gray. Got it? So we've got brain matter gray and arterial red. The kid goes, yes, and jacks off. 
Uh, this henchman <laughs> still can't catch anything. Director's cut, huh? They open the door on Skeezy, the freshman, and Arnold drops in through the ceiling. Skeezy's just sitting there with his eyes closed waiting for that kiss, man. Yeah. We got a shootout. He electrocutes one of the dead guys holding a gun, and it shoots another bad guy. Kid stops Benedict from throwing a knife. Shotgun shot through the walls. Arnold grabs a shotgun, says, don't give up your day job. Benedict starts to leave as Arnold fights other bad guys. Bad guy shoots him with a shotgun, but he had a vest Don't on. Don't leave home without it. I, I got to stop now. I'm going to ask. Oh which one of us has the best and the worst Arnold? There's whatever line you want you think allows you to do the best version of Arnold you can. All right, go ahead. Base. Got to catch the red eye. Got to catch the red eye. Amin wants to go last because he wants to see what he's got to beat. Pretty much. Zach? You go ahead. I know I came up with the concept, so that's why I go last. We should really all be saying the same phrase, which is the the issue. All right, what did you say? Got to catch the red eye. Oh, that was way <laughs> terrible. That was way worse than my first attempt. The first one wasn't. First one was, the first right. one was actually pretty solid. That one was the first one sounded Connery. like McBain. Yeah, the first one sounded like McBain from from The Simpsons. The second one sounded like you're all the man now, dog. R.I.P. Zach got to catch the red eye. I got to catch the red eye. All right. <laughs> what do you know? Get in the chopper. Get down. Get to the chopper. Get down again. Get down. 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 Get down again. I need a turbo man. I'm a cop, you idiot. Give the people air. Give this people air. It would be great, Maze, is it for mine if you just clipped in an actual clip of Arnold. <laughs> Yeah, for yours. Yeah. And we just ignored how good yeah. it is. Yeah, just for we yours. We just ignored yeah, how good it is. Really really like, eh, yeah, that's pretty no, good. I agree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, Zach, you, how'd you do that? I don't think Maze likes it when we produce it, mean. <laughs> All right, whatever. They're fucking chasing this dude. They're chasing Benedict. Gotta catch the red eye. Because Benedict has a red eye. Get it? He jumps, and that jump is roughly the exact same distance that Wesley Snipes jumped in the fan when he jumped from the balcony down to the... <laughs> it is. It is, except he lands on concrete instead of sand. And he's doing it in front of a gigantic full moon. Parkouring down the hills, kid chases on a bicycle, Slater walks into the street and fires into the car, car turns around, drives up the road, Benedict says to get a tank next time. I thought that was a future callback disappointed yeah i thought i was expecting a tank at some point yeah. no tanks uh kid pulls up on a bicycle wants to play chicken with a car but he realizes even if it is a movie he's a comedy sidekick not a hero so it's not gonna work so because this chicken scene the music the scoring sounds a lot like back to the future i asked the question did alan silvestri do the score and the winner is yes I never actually looked. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Did you look it up? And I'm guessing no, because you didn't even finish watching the movie. No, he didn't do The Last Action Hero. He did Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, though. That's good information. He goes to play chicken. He peels off the road, goes flying in front of the moon like he's E.T. Goes onto a roof, into a house, and then a yard. Slater carries him back. Benedict has the ticket. He looks over his eye choices, empty the kid's wallet, and drops the ticket to the table. It starts glowing. He puts his hand through a wall portal, and the Twilight Zone music plays. He's got his eyeballs on, like, a tower with spoons holding them. It's a good setup, actually. As one does. He also pulls his eyeball out, and then he's got two normal eyes. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I didn't know that meant, like, he had. it was a fake, fake eyeball. Like, his eyes were actually fine. That's a great question, yeah. 
Like, I thought they were contacts at the very beginning of the movie, but obviously he's supposed to not have an eye. So is that an intentional continuity error? Or, like, or did they just fuck it up, you know? It's got to be. Uh, well, I guess either one. I could go either way there. Uh, we're back at Whitney's house. The cops are going through the place. This annoying kid writes a note, wants Slater to say it. He won't. It's clearly a swear word. Skeezy? Skeezy is spelling his name to the police? <laughs> with a Y, not an IE. <laughs> Uh, Skeezy then says he saw the license plate of the guy with the missing eye. They say, you mean the guy with the red eye? The eye is there. Cobb picks it up. It has vengeance in his mind. It's a bomb. We see the house explode off in the distance, which is the same explosion used in the last Boy Scout. So once again, same footage. lazy? Lazy on purpose? Like, what are we doing? I don't know. Cut to the captain's office. Glass is shattered and he's shouting nonsense. Slater and the kid are covered in dirt. He is yelling his ass off once again. You stripped the butt on it. I took a toast like a take from you. I got the California Razor Cousin doing all me a virgin. And a dad of hand freight doing all me a virgin. And my foot's a slipper. Tied a tip and stepped on to the toilet. So what? You ball peen jackamitas. I'll strip the butt on it. I took a toast like a take from you. You know, you take the bag of the marriage, which you better get in the business. Down the beach. Go down the beach. You know, you take the chicken off the back and stick it up. At one point he says, I slurped all the cock-sucking toast I can take from you. I wrote, what? At one point the subtitles say, indistinct shouting and screaming gibberish. The other line he says is, I got the California Raisins doing an all-male review of the Diary of Aunt Frank. Which is, again, like, at this point, I'm really impressed with the writing in this movie. It's good, man. I mean, it's really, really good. His ears are smoking, he wants his badge, won't get it back this time. Slater packs up his desk, the room stops to watch him. Even the black and white digitalization of Humphrey Bogart stops to watch him. Yeah. Practice wants Slater to work the funeral with him. Leo the Fart was shot yesterday. Slater takes the kid to his apartment. It's pretty empty. Slater shoots the closet. There's a bad guy in the closet because there always is. Cost me a fortune in closet doors. His closet's all the same shirt and jacket, gaiters, and guns. Kid says it'll be okay. Slater's watching the freeways. He explains how the craziest part is he's been surviving these adventures. Uh, he's been faking the XY phone calls. He wants his daughter to be normal. And Slater believes something is up at the funeral, so they're headed there. Funeral is a setup, uh, believes they stuffed Leo the Fart with a bomb to take out the mob all at once, and Vivaldi gets to run the town. Kid says it won't be a bomb because of too many explosions in the movie already. Slater says three canister- canisters of nerve gas were stolen the night before. Could have stuffed those inside him. Leo the Fart is going to pass gas one more time. Leo the Fart is going to pass gas one more time. Leo the Fart is going to pass gas one more time. As he gets out. And you know what that means, don't you? Uh-huh. Leo Defard is going to pass gas one more time. Funeral's on the roof of the Hyatt Hotel. Helicopter circling. Vivaldi and Benedict are there. This funeral, very, very problematic for the Italian people. Very problematic. Yes. But was it intentional? I mean... Great question. Vivaldi says he doesn't want to be the fourth wheel. Benedict is pissed because he keeps fucking up these little phrases. Benedict pulls the finger of Leo at the casket, activates the bomb. Ten minutes. And I wrote this movie is only half over. Get it? Because it's Leo the fart and he he pulled his finger. That's actually decent writing. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Arnold tells the kid to stay in the car as they pull up to the hotel to convince him to stay in the car. He says often in the movies, the guy who doesn't gets killed. He's staying, but he's worried. And Arnold says there's a gun in the glove box. A comical number of guns fall out as he opens it. Get it? Arnold finds practice, tells him about the bomb. They use the, they'll use. You should have been doing that the whole time. They'll just, use the service elevator in the back. There is no side entrance. Patience pulls a gun on him. Danny told me not to trust you. Said you killed Mo Zart. Mo who? Zart. 
I kill a lot of people. I can't remember half of them. That's a great little exchange. Practice exposition explains Vivaldi's plan. And then the kid comes up from behind with a gun pulled on him and says, How do you get to Carnegie Hall in a body bag if you don't drop that? He accuses John Practice of being a dumb villain who monologues too much and wastes time, which of course is a future callback to The Incredibles, coining the phrase monologuing. You sly dog! You got me monologuing! I can't believe it! Takes the kid's gun, has him chain himself to the pipe, kid has a handcuff key in his pocket still, Patience says the plan, as he said. Kids explains why he should have shot him, blah, blah, blah. Now Slater and the kid are both chained to the pipe. Vivaldi tells Benedict to get the car, tells him to stay at the hotel so the plan works, scolds Benedict with him being in front of the eight ball all the time, not behind the eight ball. As Patience is about to kill them, Whiskers, the cartoon detective, kills Patience. <laughs> uh, that's what I made the connection. That's Danny DeVito's voice. I hadn't really paid attention to that point. And twins! Slayer says to get the crane to the roof in two minutes and runs to the funeral. Uh, kid runs up the crane with a gun. Everybody scatters. He's got to work it himself. Arnold pays his respects, pretends the guy is still alive, grabs him to run off the roof. If you're working the crane, you don't obviously there's a zillion controls. It's very overwhelming. Why would your first move be to push the crank all the way to the limit? Like, wouldn't you just test it a little bit? He's See a what stupid it does? Kid. Like, this is a dumb kid with no friends, and he's dirty. And he's got scabs all over him. As Benedict pointed out to us. Knocks out a doctor who tries to help, distracts the crowd with, look, elephant. <laughs> Runs for the crane as everybody pulls a gun on him. Everybody. Like, including old grandmas. Crane crashes into the, to the middle of the crowd. Like bowling balls. Like a bowling ball, you're right. Uh, Arnold throws him off the building, says, don't shoot, and the crane caught him. Everybody shoots at Arnold as he runs away, lands on the elevator. Now a helicopter with guns unloads on the elevator as it opens up and reveals more bad guys. But Arnold ducks and the enemies have been taken out except for the helicopter. Oh, shit. (laughs) Helicopter drops down to shoot him and the kid knocks into the chopper with the crane. Arnold shoots the pilot. It's a no-fly zone, fella. Which is crazy because Amin and I talked about Ben Wallace having a no-fly zone headband on his arm earlier today on radio and that was before i got to this part of the movie i mean so i had a little aha moment it's called synergy actually it's called cinephobe elevator breaks apart arnold begins to fall to the earth before the crane comes by he grabs onto leo the fart he has a minute until the bomb goes off danny moves the crane towards the la brea tar pits so does la brea tar pits go and repeat offenders now with land of the lost yeah 100 we're doing locations now it's crazy i don't think it's a good idea but you guys started saying it so we got to do oh, it man while trying to knock him loose arnold and the corpse fall into the pits he swims away as the kid recklessly fires a gun into the air to clear the crowd Explosion happens and a fart gas bubble expands but doesn't pop. Everybody's safe. Yeah, that's science. Arnold uses a paper towel to wipe clean the tar from his face. Whitney pulls up in a trunk, brings him some new clothes. He says, don't you find it a little convenient? Uh, I mean, at this point in the movie, we're like an hour into the movie. The kid is still pointing out that... Yeah, uh, this kid's a fucking asshole. I mean, Slater does wipe his face clean with a paper towel. I mean, I know, but... Like, the kid all- got into a movie with a magic ticket. That's the point where you're like, this is too far. <laughs> I'm not saying it's too far. I'm saying, like, it, this is the problem. Is like, they do something. Why are you they- defending this little shit? I'm not defending him. I'm defending the movie. I think we know. I think we know why, Zach. <laughs> Benedict starts testing the magic ticket. Uh, Vivaldi wants to know how it went. Didn't I tell you not to hang out with him? Do you want to be stupid? <laughs> oh, man. Clip wow. that. Clip that in, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Peter, I told you not to leave that fucking bike in my way again, didn't I? 
Benedict is lying about how perfectly it went, then says it went complete and utter balls up, and he had a terrible day due to Vivaldi. Explains why he has to do a 180, not a 360, because Vivaldi said to do a 360. Uh, then he kills Vivaldi, explains how he can move through worlds now, and if God was a villain, he'd be Benedict. He says, 180, you stupid spaghetti slurping cretin. And I was like, all right, like now it's like, it's this is, I'm offended. I'm officially offended. You're at this offended point. for Italians. Yes. I didn't know you could get offended. <laughs> Whoa! 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 Yo, the Anti-Italian Defamation League is going to have some words with you, Mr. Harper. Uh, Slater drives the truck through the mansion, and I think I saw the pulleys bring it down to an easy stop. I think that was a continuity thing. The servant says, you want me vacuum now? <laughs> He punches Benedict, punches him in the stomach for Frank, then slaps him on the wrist for his ex-wife's house, then throws him through a wall portal accidentally. Usually when I do that, it leaves a hole. Usually when I do that, it leaves a hole. Turn into a monster. Kid, kid, knows, kid knows he has the ticket. Wants them to follow him into this world. Uh, they bust through and they're in the movie theater. Looks like everything happening was on the screen. I wrote, did the projectionist see all this? No, of course he was asleep, dude. Jack tries to shoot the taxi they stole and says not one word when the car doesn't explode. Uh, he breaks the car window with his hand and is stunned that his hand hurts. Uh, Jack goes to play chicken with the car as the kid gets out of the car. Two cars crash head on in an alley. Dumb kid runs over to the wreckage. He calls Slater a dumb idiot. Slater explains the taxi has no airbags and the, the Sable that he's driving. Uh, or Sable? 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 I don't know what it was. Mercury Sable. The Mercury Sable. You don't know what a Mercury Sable is? No, I do. I just, I'm look, I'm going through these notes in a two hour and 50 minute movie. Okay. Uh, believes the bad guys are dead. Benedict is gone. Slater sees a billboard for Jack Slater. Danny references Die Hard, Die Hard sound cue. Burger King. Burger King product placement. Yeah. They go see Nick in the projection room, but shocker, he fell asleep and missed everything. <laughs> he was too much of a bitch to use the ticket in his entire long ass fucking life. And then he starts immediately rattling off old ladies that he wanted to fuck. <laughs> and I said, Nick is Tony Medley. <laughs> oh, wow. Greta Garbo, Gene Harlow, Marilyn wow. Monroe, and Bus Stop. Oh, great call. He's definitely Tony Medley. Great call. Definitely. And also, t- Tony Medley thinks he's in show business as well. He does. Yeah. I'm a reviewer. It's part of show business. Slater starts having an existential crisis because he found out he's imaginary. He's going through it. Fictional characters are people too, you guys. Nick explains how bad the real world is. Danny explains Benedict has the ticket. Danny brings him to his home and his mom is pissed at him. He tries to shush her and she says there are 9 million kids out there with guns. And I wrote 90 minutes in, is this a gun control movie? uh, Their apartment is 3D because it's the real world, you guys. uh, Get it? She introduces him to Jack Slater. I don't actually. He introduces himself as Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> the famous comedian. <laughs> Benedict is walking down the street. He turns down a hooker. He hears gunshots, and it's a guy getting killed for his shoes. That used to happen a lot in the 90s, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then he says, take his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> confusion. Uh, it would be like if someone from today was transported back to the 90s. <laughs> When these sniveling little, oh, people yeah. are bullying online. They used to kill people for shoes. You talk uh, about, like, they said mean things to me on Clubhouse. They used to kill people for shoes. 
He realizes there are no screams and sirens after this killing, so he walks up to a mechanic. By the way, do you know what I realized today? What? Today. That next year will mark the first year that there will be people who are old enough legally to buy alcohol who were born in the 21st century. And it led me to the next thing, which is that's going to be the new thing in like five years from now is to tell motherfuckers I'm from the 20th century where we used to fucking get our ass kicked for just whatever it is. Just in order to prove that you are superior to these young sniffling little children. Like I'm from the 21st century where bullying meant a black eye and you were afraid to walk home the short way. Yeah. These kids are soft, man. 21st century kids. 21st century kids indeed. 20th century in the fucking house, bitch. Yeah. We rob you for your shoes. Kill you. Just just because we can. Just because we can. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. That trick ass bitch. Do something about it. Ho ass bitch. Except for our fans. We love you guys. He walks up to, unless we, unless he got nice shoes. Uh, he walks up to a mechanic to test the theory. Kills him. Looks at his watch. Fires the gun some more. Yells, "Hello! I've just shot somebody. I did it on purpose." I said I have murdered a man, and I want to confess. Hey, shut up down there! I fucking love this shit. This is so funny to me. There's no rules here. Next morning, Arnold is uh, talking to the mom. I wrote, she's trying to get it. That's what you wrote? Yeah. I said, did they just fuck? The tension is just like unbelievable in this scene. And it's such yeah. a small kitchen and he's so big. Like, <laughs> Oh, he's fucking he humongous. Yeah. Filling it up. And so then she, uh, she tells the kid to go brush his teeth. Brought like, worse? More like brought best. Yeah. So the kid's brushing his teeth and he's looking, talking to himself and says, what are they going to do next? Talk sex? And I said, uh, they already kind of did and more, son. And more. Mom, you turned him <laughs> into a wimp. Yeah, he said it's the first time he's just talked to a woman. It's neat. She ain't turned him into a wimp. She turned him into a pimp. Oh, attaboy, baby. She makes him a real shitty breakfast. He wants to help Jack Slater with a case. He's hearing Mozart for the first time, and he loves it. Harrison Ford, witness reference. We're not Jewish. Amish. Whatever-ish. Huh. They're trying to figure out if Benedict might use the ticket on other movies. Benedict is going to, all, going to evil movie characters. He's talking to someone in the booth. Reveals it's the Ripper. They, they go to look for him at the top of the Empire State Building. You know. They do. That's where you can see the whole city. That's a good point. But also... Do you guys remember when you had to look in the paper to find out movie times? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's some 20th century shit, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Not, oh, let me Google time. No, this no, no, no. Amazing, you have to go buy a, you need to, to buy a fucking newspaper and, like, scour for the title. Sometimes you wouldn't even see it because it would be hidden or it would be a really small one because the, the studio didn't want to pay the big bucks to have a big kind of ad for it and then you have to find which one was the theater closest to you oh east 65th street no no oh let me look at this one and then you looked at the times there and that was how you knew this is before you fuckers had apps and shit you could just buy it on your phone and just walk it oops scan my phone no 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 20th century bitch you had to go buy a paper just to have the right to find out what time the movie was playing back to you zach You've said 20th century bitch about nine times in the last four minutes. That's where I'm from. 
It's what I rep. It's when you're from. I still rep it. They're going to target the real Arnold. Uh, Danny's telling him this world doesn't like or doesn't work like his world. Kid sees Benedict as Jack walks away. Benedict gets into a car. Arnold runs across the sea of cars, falls onto the ground, rips the door off a taxi, and Benedict isn't there. Pulls the driver out of the car and says, rubber, rubber baby, baby buggy, buggy bumpers. bumpers. Turns to the get dumb kid and says, rubber baby buggy bumpers. I didn't know I was going to say that. No. And they discover he's going after the real, the real Arnold. Cut to the premiere and Arnold is getting out of the Hummer. He's getting out of the same black Hummer as Bobby Rayburn. Attaway, Bobby! Attaway, Bobby! Uh, with Maria Shriver. Little Richie is there. Little Richard, not Little Richie. What the fuck? <laughs> Little Richie was the motherfucker from Family Matters with the Jerry Curl. Mandrew. Little Mandrew. <laughs> Arnold says the National Enquirer, don't, it's the National Enquirer, don't talk to them, to Maria. Maria says don't plug the restaurants or the gyms. Wow. Planet Hollywood. Is she acting? And Planet Hollywood went down the drain soon thereafter. Thanks a lot, Maria Shriver. I wrote, is this a Back to the Future-esque turn if Benedict kills Arnold and Slater doesn't exist anymore? That's a, the, the whole point. Why they have to stop him? In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, Arnold explains 48 kills as opposed to 119 in the previous one, but they make up for it with emotions, depth, dimensions, and story. He starts to pump in Planet Hollywood. Maria pulls him from the interview. It's so meta. It, I mean, it really, this movie in 90 minutes would have been absolute oh, banger 90 minutes and oh then a God. kid that could act you mean like if they hadn't if they had time after they finished filming to edit <laughs> right it, like if you threw elijah wood into this role a little too old i think at that point it, was he okay. yeah he always looks young though it could have worked the ripper shows up and uh entertainment tonight wants to interview him they want to ask him a question as she says <laughs> uh riff what brings you here tonight i uh thought i might kill someone they laugh as the Ripper makes it past security, thanks to his agent, the guy who plays the Ripper shows up not in costume, and they interview him very confusedly. Yo, I love his agent coming in and being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Trying to get cast as a serial killer for the rest of your life? Jim Belushi rips Arnold uh, in an interview and says his girl gets turned on, on by him, so he just wants to be there when it happens. Uh, in the manager's office, the agent's trying to get the Ripper a tuxedo. Ripper puts together his axe, kills him. Uh, Slater runs into Damon Wayans and Chevy Chase. Jean-Claude Van Damme is there. Said he wouldn't miss the premiere for a second. Repeat defender. Yep. Slater goes to check the lower balcony. He runs into MC Hammer, who wants to do the Slater 5 soundtrack. Oh, man. At, at that time, that was like, they when they said, this is gold right here. Kid goes to check the upper balcony. He sees the Ripper. You remember movie theater balconies? They don't have that anymore in theaters, right? Like these. It's just the old ones, yeah. So I guess you could say it's 20th century, bitch. We <laughs> got balconies in our fucking shit. In this flat ass fucking theater bullshit, y'all. Yeah, but nobody, but nobody wants that anymore. Why not? Why? Because welcome to Cinephone. Welcome to Cinephone. <laughs> Slater sees Arnold take a seat. He's blown away. Kid yells to Jack that the Ripper was brought back. As the Ripper goes to throw an axe from above at Arnold, Jack pulls a gun. He's about to shoot, and Arnold tackles Slater. Ripper dives off the balcony. Arnold says the studio should have let him know when they're planning a stunt. Then says Slater's the best celebrity lookalike he's ever seen, and he is hounding Slater for future opportunities. Slater turns and says he doesn't like him. Ripper has the kid. Slater believes they're on the roof. He goes up there. We're future callback. Back to where we started. Yeah. Slater throws the gun off the roof. Ripper is remembering how the movie goes. He puts the axe down, then throws the kid off the roof, throws the axe at Slater. I'm getting bored. Let's just skip to the end. AKA what a mean says every movie. Chops a high voltage box, jumps on the ledge. Ripper gets electrocuted as he yells, I'll be back. 
because I was kind of like, at this point, we were talking and recording the podcast while it was going on. I thought Maze was actually asking to skip to the end because no, he's getting he bored. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> that didn't miss anything. Danny is unfortunately still alive. He's holding on to some protrusion from the other building. I wrote, wow, the really the Ripper really chucked that fucking kid. <laughs> he, cleared a, he cleared across the street. He cleared across. That's impressive, man. That kid's got to be, what, like 90 pounds? You just gonna throw ninety pounds casually like that? Some fucking strongman stuff right there. Who was it that did that in, in the prison where the guy takes the, the weight and just? Ch- oh, it was a uh, problem child. A problem. He takes the weight. Jack climbs down to grab Danny. Danny needs to stop being a pussy and grab his hand. Danny reaches and falls. Slater grabs his hand, swings him back up to the roof. Says this hero stuff has its limits. Benedict is on the roof now and shoots at them. They're hiding. Slater says he needs a hospital because his shoulder's out of socket. And Benedict says, will the morgue suffice? So since you're about to die anyway, I may as well tell you the entire plot. He's going to go get Dracula, King Kong, Freddy Krueger, Adolf Hitler, Hannibal Lecter, Rosemary's Baby. Adolf Hitler, not a fake person. <laughs> not a made-up character. Here in this world, the bad guys can win. With his guns out of bullets, Jack says he made the movie mistake of forgetting to reload the damn gun, and Benedict says, actually, he just left one chamber empty. He shoots Jack in the chest. That's a good move, by the way. That's good writing. That was one of the best subversions that they did. Danny charges him, and uh, Benedict Pedro Martinez is him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict tries to activate the golden ticket by saying, now! <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Kid's try, crying that his arm is broken, but he's just faking it. Kid knocks the gun away from Benedict. He wrestles with Slater, and then Slater grabs the gun. Benedict says, now, with the ticket, nothing happens. No sequel for you. No sequel for you. No sequel for you. Shoots him in the eye, and his head explodes. So are all of Benedict's fake eyeballs bombs? Because that's, like, I guess so, yeah. pretty sketch. <laughs> ticket falls to the ground. It's glowing when it hits the ground in a the theater playing a movie about death. Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. Yeah, it's Sir Ian McKellen. He walks out of the screen. The crowd freaks out. Jack is in an ambulance in real pain. Crew doesn't think he's going to make it. This dumb fucking kid. Take him home. Take him home. Take him back to where he is. It's just a flesh wound. Don't you understand? We got to get him back to the movies. Shut the fuck up. This kid sucks. I hate this kid. Pulls a gun on the paramedics. They stop in the street. They exit the car. Now the dumb kid has to drive this ambulance. Death walks the sidewalk, touches a cop, he dies. He sees the ambulance, wants to follow it. Kid crashes it into a theater, tells Nick to fire the projector for the movie. It's got to work anyway. Kid pulls a gun on Death as he walks up to them. Death says, I was only curious. He's not on any of my lists. But you are, Danny. Then tells him he's going to die as a grandfather, and I wrote, spoiler alert. I don't do fiction. Not my field. Sorry. Here's my question. If you're Danny and you hear from Death you're going to die as a grandfather... Do you start living your life way more recklessly? No, because you still could have a very miserable life up okay. until death, right? Like you might get paralyzed or you yeah. might be blinded or you might have like syphilis or something like that. He's already got herpes on his hands. You're a very brave young man. Unfortunately, you're not very bright. Yeah, it tells him to look for the other half of the ticket, which of course. Wait, hold on. Is, is it part of the movie that Danny's a fucking moron? He's just a loser. Like, that's the thing. This kid's a loser. But I'm just saying, like, everyone in the movie shits on him, too. Well, good. He sucks. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, we're, we are so angry at the actor. Maybe the, the actor, actor sucks. Did, did, did he suck or did he do an amazing he job? He sucked in Lawnmower Man. He sucks in this movie. I don't think that the did they do this on purpose is Danny a piece of shit on purpose extends to him. 
I think they wanted him to be compelling, and he wasn't. Kid goes and gets the other half of the ticket. As Slater tells him it won't work, the ticket works. Projector is going without the film. Lights are going crazy. Let's hear it for Houdini! Pedophile yells that. Captain is yelling for Slater. Wait, hold on, Zach. Twice, huh? Are you talking about me or are you talking about Tony Medley? Look, man, we got to wrap this up. Captain is yelling for Slater. Kid walks Slater to the police station. Whiskers calls for a doctor. Slater tells him he's an imaginary hero. Uh, Danny stupidly says he's real to him. This kind of reminded me of the end of Ghost. Oh, okay. Yes, it did. Especially the CGI. Oh, you have to, you have to go, Danny. Like, and then there's bad CGI, and then they hug and shit. Yeah, it, it was like the end of Ghost. I just wrote, Danny's a fucking loser. I wouldn't even call this a flesh wound. Yeah, Slater says to take care of his mother for you, and I wrote, say hi to your mother for me. Say hello to your mother for me, okay? Definitely fucked. Kid mentions premature ejaculation. Uh, kid's afraid he won't see him again. Slater thinks that it would be a big mistake to think that way. Danny's back with Nick. Slater breaks the captain's window as the captain yells, I've got the Save the Eagle Foundation doing the fucking tango up my Hershey Highway. Did he say fucking tango? Yeah, he does. They snuck it in because they said it was indiscernible. Well, also you get one, I think. Put a sock in it. I don't care who does what to your Hershey Highway. Slater says he's the hero, so shut up and stop screaming at him. Hollywood's writing their lives. He doesn't want to shoot people. Nick got to be a magician after all. Nick says that the magic was his too, and I wrote, tension? Nick starts rambling about seeing Buffalo Bill and Sitting Bull. Okay, Nick Medley. We get it. She's a great big fat person? Not that Buffalo Bill. Oh, different one. Okay. Slater drives off in the sunset and waves. Roll credits! Fuck, that's a long movie, man. Okay, so before we get into the rest of the shit, my biggest question here is death still just walking around New York City? Great question. And then... Great question. Does he have his powers in the real world? Like, we see him kill that dude, but, like, how does that work? Because, like, when Slater comes to the real world, he loses his magic. So, like, what's up with death right now? Like, is he chilling? Because he's like, oh, I don't have this responsibility anymore. Or is he just out there killing everyone? Continuity issue? That's the sequel I want. What's up with death? Oh, where they go after death? I honestly would love to remake that movie. Man, if you cut that down like a good 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, like, it, man, it's a banger. You get it to 90, 95 minutes. And it's out there on the internet, but I'm really curious what the original script was like. Yo, you could legit remake this. I'm not saying this is the best choice, but in terms of like comedy and stuff, like that wouldn't be bad with Chris Pratt. Yeah, you're right. He's a big enough action star now. That's kind of the perfect choice, yeah. No, 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 no. The Rock. No. Oh, The Rock would be great. The Rock would be the great, Rock too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good No, because I think with The Rock, you run into the same problems that you run into with Arnold in this movie, which is that he took too much control. Oh, well, that's true. So for the trivia. Oh, okay. Yeah, give me the trivia. So the filming continued until the week before this movie debuted in theaters. Arnold Schwarzenegger thought the script was one, one of the best he'd ever read. I mean, it's a great script. I'm like, that's- yeah, it is. Like He liked the elements of comedy, action, drama, and satire in it. He wanted it to be um, PG-13, and he took... He took added responsibility to be the executive producer, so he had to approve the script, director, cast, studio financing, distribution, marketing, budget, PR firm, planning a foreign release, all that. You might even say that he was the governor of this film. MPA allows more than one F word if not used in a sexual context. So you get one F word per PG-13. So is it sexual context if you're doing the fucking tango up someone's Hershey Highway? That's sexual context. (laughs) Is it, though? (laughs) <laughs> no, because it's they weren't actually fucking him. What do you think the Hershey Highway is? <laughs> the Hershey Highway. 
If they said I was doing the fucking Lombada up my Hershey Highway. Talking about Hershey, Pennsylvania. They have a really tough highway out there. For all I know, this dude's from Pennsylvania. Exactly. You think they don't have any highways leading to Hershey? You think it's all country roads? You guys think you're cute, but you're not. Charles Nance said that he had won the part because Alan Rickman turned it down because of salary. So he wore a t-shirt on set, which read, I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman. Charles Nance also replaced Timothy Dalton as Benedict. Well, Timothy Dalton was supposed to be Benedict? Apparently, yes. Timothy Dalton, man. His whole fucking career went down the tubes, huh? Merchandising included seven video games, a $20 million Burger King promotion, a $36 million theme park ride, NASA's first paid ad in space, and a four-story inflatable Jack Slater at Cannes. Schwarzenegger gave 40 television interviews and 54 print interviews in 24 hours, setting a new personal record. It's called Cannes. Cannes. It's in the Cannes. ACDC song Big Gun was written specifically for this movie after Arnold approached the group and asked them to write a song for it. Uh, could you write a song for a movie? Uh, they released this a week after Jurassic Park. Yeah, I wish Amin could have read oh. that trivia. Amin, read it again. Oh. They released it a week after Jurassic Park. So if you're keeping track at home, this movie, Jurassic Park, and... Mac and me? Was it Lawnmower Man? Mac and me. Lawnmower Man. Mac and me? Mac and me, the movie that Amin <laughs> won't let me do because it's too close to Mystery Science Theater 3000. The OGs did it, man. I'm not going I'm not going to step on that terrain, man. You got to you got to respect the OGs, Maze. You wouldn't know that, you 21st century bitch. They're born in the 20th century, Maze. You don't understand <laughs> this shit, Maze. 20th century shit. They're in the balcony of the movie theater, Maze. Fucking 21st century bitch. Schwarzenegger considered this movie his first real failure. If you were getting your dick wet in the 20th century, then I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got my dick wet in the 20th century. Yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. 20th century in this bitch. We had her fucking in the 90s. Fuck out of here. Still worried about HIV. Yeah. But not as worried as we would have been in earlier ages. No, yeah, we're in the sweet yeah. spot right there. Well, I would say the campaign. sweet spot. Sweet spot would be before <laughs> HIV. That would be the sweet spot. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, dude. He's just diving in a pussy left and right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything other than, you know, illegitimate children. Who worries about that? But you can just move to a new city. We, we built this! <laughs> Arnold thought this was the first real failure after an unbroken string of successes. He also considered it the beginning of the end of his movie career. What? The original screenplay was titled Extremely Violent. The script was later rewritten by Shane Black and David Arnott to rev up action sequences. And William Goldman did the million-dollar polish when Arnold made it clear he would not begin filming until Goldman added depth to the characters. Did you feel like these characters were deep, I mean? I can always only take the context of what were they like before. This is with them with depth. What were they like before? That's a great question. Movie ran so far behind schedule. They had just one test screening. Arnold decided not to push it because that would send a message that the movie was in trouble. In this movie, the characters are able to enter and leave the movie world via a magic ticket, which is credited to Harry Houdini. However, in real life, Houdini was firmly opposed to the idea of supernatural powers and spent his time debunking fake spiritualists and phony mediums. Cast features four Oscar winners, F. Murray Abraham, Art Carney, Mercedes Rule, a.k.a. The Mom from Big and Anthony Quinn, and six Oscar nominees, Ian McKellen, Sharon Stone, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, that's not really, that doesn't count. He was a cutout. Dame June, Plowright, Michael Vigazzo, and Danny DeVito. And Tom Noonan played a serial killer called The Ripper, 
which may be a nod to him playing the serial killer, the Tooth Fairy in Manhunter from 1986. Golden dumpsters. Well, I mainly eat out of a dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) I should try that. I need some new dresses. Don't. (laughs) Or if you do, stay away from the one in Ocean and Wilshire. That's mine. Seriously. Stay out of it. Golden dumpster nominees. The Hamlet sequence. Charles dances Benedict, Lieutenant Decker yelling his ass off, famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger, patients wearing thin, the moment that Amin said file, <laughs> skeezy spelling his name to the police, with a Y, not an I. Tom Noonan's agent, and the script. Amin, you sticking with yours? No, I'm going with the... I'm going with the script, man. I, I'm I like it's it's weird. I'm really impressed. It's a good script. It's a very good script. Yeah, it's a very good script. It's a movie that deserved to get made. It's just they didn't do it well. They didn't execute. Maze. I said it before. I'll say it again. Charles dances Benedict. He was my favorite part of the movie by far. I'm going with the lieutenant Decker, but I'm going with a specific line. I've got the Chamber of Commerce doing cartwheels in my cocoa factory. For some reason, calling it his cocoa factory fucking floors me. The cocoa factory is on the highway in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah, of course it is. Phobe or file? Obviously, no Tony Medley because this came out in '93. Maze, you picked it, motherfucker. So. I picked it, and as we have acknowledged, it's quite long. But I was pretty entertained throughout. There was the whole ambiguity of whether they were doing all of these bad things on purpose, which I guess they get the benefit of the doubt for. I think we all agree it could have been edited a little better, but I will file it. I mean, you flipped and you flopped. Yeah, I flipped and I flopped. I, I, I really respect the fuck out of this script. It was a very well done script. A lot of the lines written were great. The, the, the story is a compelling story. Arnold was funny. My sweet brother numsi was 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 amazing and yet it it lasting as long as it did drawing it out as long as it did it just it it ran me out wow it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fold for me man. wow it was just too long it was just too long and there were scenes that just took too long they, they wasted too much time I you know I I just at at some point I realized I can't like this movie because it was just too fucking long. Uh, I'm getting bored. Why don't we just skip to the end? Wow! 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 Okay, so it's on me. I went into it. when Maze picked it earlier this week. I got excited. I was like, oh, I love that movie. Then realized I hadn't seen it in a very long time. Maybe not since it came out. I don't know if I've watched it since. And so uh, there were points in this movie where I really, really was like, yeah, this is a file. This is an easy file. And yeah, and then there were plenty of moments in this movie where I was just like, man, this thing is going way too long. You know, this isn't funny. They could have cut this. And it really does drag out. But overall, I think that if it was on again, I'd watch it. I will file it. Part of me wanted to phobe it just to up the... Number of times Maze has been the only one to pick his own movie. Wow, you're really breaking the fourth wall there, Zach. I really thought about it. You could have played chess right there, Zach, but you chose to play checkers. Maze, I like a lot of your picks. And this one, if it were like 20 minutes shorter, I probably would have liked it too. Maybe they should have delayed it for the good of the film, you know? Pro tip, if you're in 1993, don't put your fucking movie out around the time Jurassic Park comes out. It's that simple. I bet you you make more money if you just take your time, finish it, and then release it like two months later. Instead, 
you're hoping that the box office is going to be doing cartwheels up your cocoa factory as a production company. Not going to work. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. What's next? Zach, I think we're going to do something a little fun over the next couple of, couple of weeks here. I'm going to go with a movie. We started this pod talking about how a shock by some of these movies could even qualify for Cinephobe because I thought they were just bangers. They were blockbusters. They were enjoyable movies, and yet somehow they qualify. Uh, uh, one such movie, Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, Money Train. Saw it in high school. Thought it was the greatest movie of all time. Honestly, blown away. Wait a minute. And Wait a minute. Does this mean the train trip is canceled? Because I've had Money Train circled as a train movie for We're not only doing train. No, it's a, it's a movie with trains, not a movie yes. we have to do on the train. Yeah. Movies on the Did train. Did you think we're just not- doing train movies on the train? I thought we were saving all train movies for the train. What did, wait, hold on. What about that one with James Franco and, <laughs> and the gorilla? The ape? <laughs> I have a copy of that. Why do I have all these fucking... I have all these things. I have two copies of Theodore Rex. I have two copies of Joe Esterhouse's book. Still need to read that, by the way. Hollywood Animal. We're supposed to give these out at a live show. At a live show. Remember live shows? And instead the pandemic fucked me. It fucked me right out my cocoa factory.